I think yard food was was gross to me even at five. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. <laughs> hey, what's going on? And Danae Hughes. I'm still here! Actually, obviously that's a whole bunch of crap. Uh, Aaron's not here. He decided to put me in charge. Um, so this is going to be a different sounding show. I am here with Jonathan. He actually is here. And we have a special guest. I, I don't know what's happening, but it's Chris, um, my boss. Hi. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. Is this the first time we've ever talked? No, um, it is not. Uh, we were on uh, one of the uh, Sift the Thrones uh, yes! podcast. I knew I, re- rec- I I recognized your voice, but I couldn't remember where it was from. And so. I believe, well, you also been in my kitchen, but yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had yeah, this conversation so... on that episode, and now I'm remembering. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, we have we have conversed, uh, albeit briefly, but uh, yeah, we we have. Chris Atkinson uh, is your full name. Also right. known as one of the dynamic duo, the original creators of the CinemaSins world. Isn't that right? That is correct. Phew, I did not do any research before saying that. That was all from memory. Super yep, proud of myself. Yep. It, I mean, it can be tricky, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm one of those guys. Well, we all write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Um, and we're going to jump into our show today, hopefully have a really fun time, starting with our Sinside Scoop, where we look at all the videos that are coming out in the Sinsverse this week, talk about the process of sending them, how we feel about each show or movie in general, moving on after that to Keeping Tabs, where we'll talk about uh, various things we looked up. Hopefully they're embarrassing things. Maybe they're serious. We don't know. We'll get there soon. And then, of course, talk about stuff that you guys wrote in, fun things that um, maybe you recognized. We pull those comments from the comment section on the videos and also things that you guys write to us on Twitter and also for our email. But we'll just jump right into it. This week uh, released um, was Veronica Mars, Pulp Fiction, and on the music side of things, a new segment that we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited about that. Music from behind. And then another movie called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was the only one that I knew anything about <laughs> this week. <laughs> so let's jump in and get started. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. Um, the first one, Veronica Mars. This was a Dicer Watkins. I'll... Although Dicer's not here, so I'll just be talking uh, for Aaron, I think. You know, pretend to be him. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you take over and talk about Veronica Mars? (laughs) (laughs) Have either of you, did either of you, you watched Veronica Mars, didn't you, Chris? I did. um, I believe I saw the whole series and the movie. So, uh, except, uh, have they come out with the new ones? Yeah, it just just premiered on Hulu. Um, Aaron actually talked about that last week. That was his... uh, outside of the sins segment or whatever he said it was really good i've only seen the first episode so far so okay i haven't seen any of the new ones but i did see 
the original series, uh, pretty much. I don't remember actually too many like episodes or anything. Well, and that's um, the kind. Of, I mean, it's but, kind of uh, well, at least the first two seasons were very much like uh, uh, it was an arc. I mean, it was you know there was a there was a mystery going on throughout the entire season, and every episode just kind of tied in uh, yeah. to the point where the only way they would agree to bring it back in the third season is if uh, Rob Thomas would quit doing that and. Uh, Right. You know, divvy it up some. And so in the third season, there's like basically three different story arcs. Like there's like, they're like six or seven episodes of. Um, I hadn't seen any of this. And so as often as happening, I'll watch the Sins video. And that's my first exposure to any, you know, anything kind of a universe. So first of all, I loved seeing, uh, Kristen from what was it like 2004 or something she looks just the exact same she's like this little petite fairy it's adorable oh yeah and, yeah and, and also, she really and well and if you watch like the new season I mean she just I mean I mean she does look younger in this and she's right. got like the shorter hair and she's supposed to be a high school student but yeah no she totally looks the exact same she has the haircut that I wanted really really bad and I did I, cu- I cut my hair at one point in time but you have to style it. Um, I have really fine hair, so it just sort of like lays on my head. It doesn't naturally like bounce up and look cool or anything. It just it's just there, and there's not a lot of it. So for me, I have to put a whole bunch of product in it to make it look cool. And so I'm watching this, going, "That's the hair that I wanted," and instead I just look like I don't know, like a mushroom or something. It was awful. I'm literally having flashbacks to high school, going, "That's the kind of hair that I wanted." Dang it! I should have used more pomade. Anyway, <laughs> I was I was kind of surprised though. Like it it made me uncomfortable. The show made me uncomfortable. I think that's the best words to describe it. I, I think because it's like um, were you expecting to, it to be a little more like just teenage oriented or because it's a it's a pretty dark show. Yeah, that was shocking to me. I didn't the jokes that were being made from the guys in the car about you know her mom being an alcoholic and like the rape reference and a friend dying. And that was all just like, man, this is really, really heavy stuff. And also the relationship with her dad, where he's apparently okay with her being in high school and also out at night, taking pictures of people that are having affairs and then also solving crimes. Like, I think he even specifically mentions it at one point in time. Like I can't remember his quote, something like, um, uh, be a, if you're going to take out Kane, make sure you take backup. Oh yeah, like yeah. Well, and that's after he tells her not to do it. But oh, then he okay. like he realizes he knows that she's gonna do it. So yeah, it's a very TV relationship. Yeah. Um, but so had, they're really good feelings. together. Yeah, I got that from the sins. You know, that was something that kind of came yeah. across pretty obvious in how you guys you know put the script together. Is that it was dark and there was some stupid stuff going on obviously but then there was also some really positive parts of the show too the the rape thing is interesting though the whole sex there's a lot of um and maybe this just plays into the fact that there's you know there's murders and stuff throughout the series but there's a lot of focus on sexually related like sexual crimes Hmm. um you know her she was raped um that's a whole backstory that they explore in the first season um, this, I believe it's the second season, uh, there's a whole part of the main mystery going on there that deals with, uh, pedophiles 
Hmm. And then in the third season, I believe one of the main storylines is about uh, – because she's in college and there's an on-campus rapist. There's a there's a, somebody on campus raping women. So um, question because you watched, you watched it, right? The mm-hmm. whole okay. – yeah, yeah. Is it from a different approach? You know, because you've got other shows that are doing something similar, you know, CSI maybe style or Law and Order, that kind of thing. Is it from a different angle, like from – "Quote unquote woman's perspective that she's talking about these subjects yeah. and these. Okay. I mean, it's all it's always from her. I mean, she's the obviously it's Veronica Mars. I mean, she's the main person, and um, she, uh, you know, it's 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 basically it's like a female uh, private investigator show, um, just a much younger version. I'm trying to. I mean, it's essentially like something along the lines of like I mean, it's nothing. It's not really like Magnum PI, but I'm just trying to think of something like the tone. Um, okay. You know, it's not like um, it's not like Gossip not Girl Nancy or Drew. a lot of these other <laughs> CW shows. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you? It's kind of got okay, like a well, neo noir angle to it. You know, it's yeah, and, and it's very dark. Like you know, like you're saying, it's. I mean, I think I think it's definitely a show that like teenagers can watch. Like I wouldn't say it's just for adults, but um, it's. Uh, but yeah, but it, it definitely doesn't uh, it doesn't hold back in a lot of areas. So well, I guess on the heels of Aaron mentioning it last week, and then it coming up on uh, on the Sinsverse this week, I'm kind of questioning more from a personal perspective. Like, should I go in and should I watch it? Like, what will I find? And if you think that her angle or the Veronica Mars angle to crime solving is interesting enough. Um, I might actually oh, give oh, it a definitely. little. Oh, definitely. I mean, Kristen Bell. Do you go. like Kristen Bell? I, I mean, do this like is... Kristen Bell. She tweeted me once, Kristen Bell, when I was stuck in the Hurricane Irma in Florida a couple years ago. She tweeted me directly asking if she could help my family get out of Florida. Oh yeah. my gosh! She was um, actively going onto Twitter, and one of my friends saw that she was like, "Hey, if anyone knows anyone that's stuck down there, I want to figure out how I can help." And so she said, hey, my friend has a five-month-old and they're stuck in Florida. And so she, like, messaged and was like, hey, can I do anything, like, cover your car, help you get out? So I, it was super shocking. You know, first you kind of think it was a joke. But she was just one of those people who was actually trying to jump in and make a difference in any way she could. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I've never met her or anything. But, I mean, she's always come across as a genuinely nice person. Um, yeah, and if, if and that ever, sounds like she really is, so you want to fall in love with Kristen. Well, one, she's obviously great because she tried to help me get out of a hurricane and my family. And two, mm-hmm. watch her Ellen thing about sloths. It will, it's amazing. Do either one of you watch The Good Place? Uh, I saw a few episodes of it and actually planned on just ripping uh-huh. through it. Um, and I, for whatever reason, I, I stopped. It wasn't because it wasn't good. Oh, yeah, no, it's that happens that, all the time with me, too. Yeah. So I had started. I think I saw two or three episodes, and then and then and then stopped it for whatever. Yeah, reason. I've heard Aaron rave about it. I think Barrett really likes it too. Uh, I need to watch it. That's one that's on my ever growing list of shows. I'm sure at some point we'll probably cover it on TV Sense too. It's pretty popular, but um, yeah, no, I'm really curious to see that. I'm glad she's. I'm glad she's continuing on after Veronica Mars and not just doing like terrible romantic comedies, even though she has done a couple of those. <laughs> Who hasn't? Oh, yeah. Was Who it When in Rome? Was that her? Oh, that sounds right. I think right. that's where she met um, Dax. So maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing. Oh, it could yeah. be. It could be. I think. Yeah, I think if if you look back at all the um, actors who've ever been married to each other, 
it was always on some crappy movie that where they met. <laughs> That's what that's what usually happens, right? Like I think it's I think it's a bonding. It has thing. to be like they know they know it's bad, and it's like they only have each other. <laughs> but, you know, they sit there and sound off, and suddenly it's like, wow, you know what? This uh, I didn't notice how attractive this person was before until they started railing against this movie that we're that we're making. Uh, I think you're right about that. All right, let, yeah. let's hit up uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, this one was released this last week. It was an Atkinson-Share duo combo. How does Aaron say it, Jonathan? I think that's right. Yeah, it was a, or it was like a joint, right? It was a Atkinson-Share joint. Ah, uh, a joint. Um, how did you guys find out, find, discover this movie? Like, what is what is this movie? Um, yeah, it's pretty obscure. Um, it was uh, d- distributed by oh. Miramax before they were ever really gotcha. known. Um, and, uh, and Tarantino had only made one movie. Very few people had seen it. And, uh, you know, he, he came out with this and, and, you know, and, and sometimes movies just break through, yeah. you know? So it was a, it was a small art house hit. And, uh, but, uh, you know, over the years, it's just developed this huge cult fault. No, anyway, <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, Pulp Fiction is, uh, uh, a movie that uh, I was 17 when it came out. I was working at a movie theater that had it. Um, and uh, Is that when you were working with Jeremy? No, this was uh, before okay. that. Wow. Even. Um, and uh, the, actually, this was like the second year I was working in movie theaters. Uh, I wouldn't meet Jeremy for another five years. But, um, but uh, yeah, uh, when I did see this movie, I walked out just going, wow. It just everything seems different now. Like I didn't know that movies like that could be made. Um, and, uh, it was just an interesting, uh, you know, just, I, I just said everything just had changed about movies in general. It felt like after that movie, had you out. seen reservoir dogs? Oh uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I had to, I think I saw it like, I think I like rented it or something like right before this came out. Yeah, the one thing that I will say about my first year working at the movie theater is, and and this is actually when I think back about uh, uh, all the movie theaters I've worked and all the people I've worked with and everything, this is a rare thing. All the people who were slightly older than me were huge movie buffs and had a library of movies that I needed to check out. And, uh, and like you go, I mean, I, I just remember going through movie theaters and like, there was hardly anybody like that. Like most people go there and that's their, that's their job. And they kind of know things about movies, but not, they're not buffs necessarily. And, uh, but I knew like three people who were like, yeah, try watching this, try watching this. And suddenly I was just going to blockbuster all the time and, renting these movies that they were talking about. So I saw Reservoir Dogs. I also saw it at a midnight show, uh, I think, before Pulp Fiction came out. Maybe it was after, but I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, I had seen it. Yeah, that's his only movie I haven't seen on the big screen is Reservoir Dogs. I think one of these times, like when Belcourt or somebody just randomly shows it, I'm just going to have to go watch it just to say I did. Because I think I've seen every single one of his on the big screen except for that one. So I I have a couple of questions about Pulp Fiction, but first I want to say... Uh, to no shock to anyone who knows me i've never seen this movie um Hmm. but so my questions are kind of twofold one is like on the sinsverse side and one is more of a pulp fiction question in general side and i think that my question about pulp fiction might open up like a 17 hour long discussion which we can avoid of course but um my first question is about the sinsverse side 
how many people have been requesting uh, you guys to do Pulp Fiction? Because it is such a huge movie. So has it been something like from the beginning? People have been like, send it, send um, it. Yeah, it's one of those movies that uh, I remember. Now, uh, you, you have to understand that it has been five years since I've actually gone to the comments uh, on these videos. Wow. Um, it's scary in there. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. I don't really care about the scary and I don't care about criticism. I'm just, I just get tired of the, the method of the criticism a lot of times. Mm. Um, I get tired of like, you know, if someone brings up something about something we got wrong or whatever, and it's something I know for a fact that we didn't, I mean, I'm open to the fact that we get things wrong. It sure. happens, but uh but like uh but when when somebody goes over and over and over like you'll get you get a comment about something i'll i'll never forget this this was on the dark night gosh we're gonna go on a big huge tangent do today. it um <laughs> i remember on the dark night uh i had a sin about the guy that uh batman uh captures at the the place where the mayor gets shot at and all that he captures this guy who's apparently a part of arkham asylum and everything and and uh and I, I think the sin said something to the effect of how does he know this guy and uh like how does he know all this stuff about how he was at Arkham Asylum and all this other stuff and and uh at least three or four people came on there and said that that guy was the Killian Murphy character from Batman Begins and it's not it's not even the same actor not the same person not the same character nothing. And so, like, you'd go through and you'd say, no, this, this is, uh, and I found the guy's name. He's actually in, uh, Ant-Man as one of, uh, the security team. Uh, his name is like something Dastalmachian or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, and it's not Killian Murphy. And I was like, it's not him. It's this guy. And you know, you get people who would write, no, no, that's the, that scarecrow from the first movie. And you're like, no, it's not. And you get tired of just answering that type of, that same right. thing over and over and over again. And, and, and you get people who not only say that, and then you have another person who doesn't notice that that comment has been made. So then right. you just keep getting people to say it and you get people who keep liking it too. Like there's like four or five people. Yeah, who are like, yeah totally. You know, and, and you're like, come on, this is not, this is not true. Um, I did my research. So I, got, I know what I'm talking about. Right. So I, I got, I got tired of that yeah. in general. Um, uh, and, and, you know, so I, I have, I have not looked at the comments in five years. However, uh, back in the day when we used to regularly comment and everything, I used, I remember there was this one guy who used to, he, he used to say the same comment every time. He says, he's like, I dare you to do Pulp Fiction. I, and he, it's the Samuel Jackson thing from Pulp Fiction where he's like, I dare you, MFR, blah, 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 <laughs> and all that. And, uh, and, uh, and he, he's like, I dare you to do Pulp Fiction. I dare you, MFR, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking at the time, I'm like, we're probably never doing Pulp Fiction. Never, ever, ever doing that. But if we did, who cares? And, uh, but, uh, this became a, a perfect storm to do it uh once upon a time in hollywood's coming out we we i guess we had the chance to do it when hateful eight was coming out and all that but for whatever reason didn't at the time uh but um 
But yeah, um, people have been have been requesting it, and I'm sure it's been requested more. I just uh, I just don't. Well, know. I remember yeah. whenever um, I think Aaron and I were talking, and he was uh, he was saying when this next one pops, just watch the you know watch the comments, and you know we have a Discord, and we've got other places for uh, fans of the YouTube channels to like gather. And there was just this nice little ripple that kind of went across, like holy crap, they did it! So there was definite excitement that. You know that this was done. Um, I guess so. I'm going to just quickly ask my question about in general pulp fiction because Chris, you mentioned like you walked out of the theater as a changed person, and so because it's been so much time since this movie came out, and you know art mimics art and all that stuff. So there's probably been a lot of movies that have done something similar to pulp fiction since it came out. But at the time, if you can remember what set it apart that made it kind of uh, like mind bending for, for me, I'm thinking of this is going to be so silly, but for me, I'm thinking of when, uh, the Lion King first came out, it was like the first time I'd ever seen a movie where it just started playing. And then all of a sudden it goes boom. And then like Lion King came up and the whole yeah. audience was like, Oh, <gasps> you're like same, same year. Was by it? The way. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just a yeah, few months apart. Same year. Wow. Yeah. It, was a, it was a big year for <laughs> breakthroughs and how to present, uh, I guess art. I don't know. <laughs> But ninety four was a hell, hell of a year. year. But, uh, but do you do you remember? Yeah, what it was? I remember that too with Lion King, and I was an usher. I was just an usher in the theater. And of course, that that movie that was uh, always like uh, death to go into to clean because <laughs> it was sold out all the time. Oh, yeah. But you had that, and you had Forrest Gump, and you had True Lies all running at the same time. Wow. Uh, and uh, but like Lion King, I, I I used to I used to go in that and see the ending of that movie. I've seen it probably. I've seen the ending of Lion King just because of my job, probably a hundred times. Right. And uh, and so I w- and I would always go in going, man, this ending is so stunning and dramatic. Well, the beginning is the same yeah. way, but like, but like it's it's it. I I always loved how they presented that. You yeah. know, like you know, it's, it's, the music swells up and there's boom. that boom. Yeah. Lion I remember King. the whole audience kind of going. <gasps> Like this, this collective gas because it was so unexpected. So, like for, for Pulp Fiction, you know, was it the the dialogue that was really unique? Was it that they presented it in a different timeline? Was it the, the way that they killed people? Do you remember what it was about watching it that just changed everything for you? So uh, the the first the first thing that I remember uh, about the experience was sure there's gangsters just sitting there talking about everyday things. Um, you know, they're not talking about the job that they're about to do. They're just talking about, Hey, I went to Amsterdam. (laughs) Here's what they call things in, in Paris. Here's all this stuff. And it's okay. That's, that's amusing dialogue. That wasn't in and of, in of itself, like the thing. Uh, but then they start talking about foot massages and, <laughs> and, and you, and they go through this whole thing and they, and they, they're talking about what, where does it rank as far as if you're, you know, if you're a husband and wife and your wife gets a foot massage from someone else, um, is that considered anything major that you should get mad about and so on and so forth. And then you're like, okay, okay, that I, I, so far I'm, I'm with you. The dialogue is, 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 uh, is, uh, is awesome, but that's not the, that's not the thing. Then they get to the door and they're about to knock on the door to these people that they need to get the briefcase from. And, and, uh, Samuel Jackson is like, it's not time yet. Let's hang back here for a second. And they cut away, break, break from their whole job 
to continue talking about the foot massage. <laughs> that was the spot where I knew this movie was different, and I was totally on board for, on it with it from that mo- point forward. And uh, and so you start you start getting into all the weirdness that it uh, that comes afterwards, and the you know the the luridness which you're 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 primed for because he defines pulp at the beginning of the the movie um just uh just going along for the ride and saying hey, you know hey this is a completely different world and um and uh, it's uh, it's about it's about lurid stories you know and this is what we're getting into and, and it's what's so weird about pulp fiction is that you know it's it's a prestige oscar type picture but it's also one that's just got these really basic b stories b b movie type stories all the way throughout and uh but he makes it to uh, turn it turns it into an a story was it hard to sin it and we've talked about this a little bit before because this is a question that we've read when we get to the comment section sometimes they'll come up like you know when you send a movie does it ruin it for you and you know my answer and jonathan yours too has been kind of like no mm-hmm. you know no not really it doesn't ruin it it's just fun but for this one in particular was it hard to find things that were quote-unquote wrong not that that's what we always do but yeah you know. Yeah, it is. It 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 it's uh it is hard. Um, during the uh, opening conversation with uh, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny and everything like that, you start getting into uh you first off you get sort of lulled into the conversation and you can't really a lot of times you'll sit there and go if I send something that they say. Am I just not, am I not sending basic human behavior here? Because humans can think out things stupidly and they can think things out that are, you know, it. you're just sending the character. You're not sending uh, anything that's actually wrong with the movie. You start lending yourself towards like really finding nitpicks or you're really just trying to make funny observations at that mm-hmm. point. Um you, you know, that's the that's the responsibility of the sins writer is to just kind of I I feel bad when I let five or six minutes go by without saying something and and so I, I will uh, at times and I hate I hate that this is a this is a secret out of the bad guys but sometimes you generate <laughs> sins that aren't there uh, to to try to come up with anything at all. Uh, and sometimes those are cut and that's completely yeah. fine. But, but, uh, but, you know, you want to try to get something, you want to get a good, like, uh, base of sin so that when it's cut down, you've made a video that's entertaining. Exactly. And, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, now, I mean, yeah, we can let 10, 15 minutes go by in a movie and everything, but uh, part of, part of the, uh, what I sort of have a philosophy about is that you're telling, you're retelling the story that they're telling uh, in the movie and you don't want to like come out of nowhere with something uh you know that the viewer of the video hasn't been primed for and everything a lot of times so so like 15 minutes in if you start talking about somebody saying this and whatever and they're not and they don't have any sort of frame of reference for it then you know it uh, it becomes it becomes like a lost sin to me. Like it just doesn't ma- matter at that point. So yes, you manufacture things every once in a while to try to get some momentum going. So yeah, it was hard, especially during some of these conversations and everything like that. But there are 
some things that come up obviously during pulp fiction that don't make much sense uh, uh procedurally especially with uh I, I think this has been brought up many times outside of sins videos but uh especially when after uh Jules has left uh to walk the earth like Kane and Kung Fu as he says at the end of the movie in the middle of that there's the uh the Bruce Willis thing uh with Butch where uh this is actually happening after uh the things that happen at the end of the movie you know uh and and uh and uh, Marcellus has taken over for Jules essentially He's now uh, Vincent's partner and everything, and that whole thing where Butch drives up and and and, and you know and Butch and uh, and uh, Marcellus just happens to be coming out of the donut shop, and, and 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 you know it's just like this amazing like how the hell is he here mm-hmm. right now like and a lot of people have brought up that well he brought, he probably is covering for Jules. Now that Jules is gone, it's like, I just didn't understand why the main boss, the guy who hires people to be, you know, to do the jobs for him is suddenly like, all right, I'll go out in the field (laughs) and I'll be the guy that, you know, that waits for Butch in his apartment with Vincent and everything. You know, it's uh, it just was a little far fetched, but it's also something that, yeah, it could have happened. It's totally something that could have happened in like real life and everything. I still I still choose to send it. And I think people like sometimes forget that it's not like a this is everything wrong with this movie from everyone's perspective it's like it's from the perspective of the narrator and that can that's that's a subjective thing so yeah you can send that i also liked how though that there was a lot of comments supporting going i've watched this movie a thousand times and i never noticed this you're right though so there's there is that kind of oh the, you guys the, found some stuff in there yeah the vincent in the restaurant at the beginning i never yeah. never saw that yeah, that one came up a lot in the comments yeah well <laughs> we'll i mean that's that a good one section. though because i mean i've seen this yeah. movie i mean i don't know that i've seen it as much as chris or bear but i've seen it a lot and uh just never noticed that before. Jonathan, did you have any thoughts about Pulp Fiction? I mean, it is uh, it is a great movie. Um, I think one thing – well, and I think uh, the way Chris was talking about coming out of it, you know, just feeling like you had seen something different, I was the same way. And it was clear that we had because this became like its own genre um, because for the next like five years we were – or ten years we were, you know – uh, there were so many like Pulp Fiction like movies, uh, and the majority of them were terrible. Yeah, nobody could quite get. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, love or hate Tarantino. I mean, there's something very unique about him, and um, the way he plays with his love of movies, and the way he does his uh, homages, and uh, or if some people say the way he he steals things from other movies. Um, and the structure to a lot of his movies, like he plays with structure in a way that I don't think I've ever seen anyone play with structure, and it totally works. Um, because, like for instance, like he wrote True Romance, you know, which came out a year before this, I guess. Yeah, like right out of yeah, year before it was, this, probably. Uh, yeah, he sold he sold yeah. the True Romance um, to fund Reservoir yeah. Dogs, I believe. And True Romance was originally written like Pulp Fiction, where it was the the structure of it was like you would go in and out, like you would go, you know, before a scene happened, and then you would go post that scene. And 
I don't remember recall if Tony Scott just wasn't comfortable doing it that way or if he just didn't want to do it that way. But um, I, I think that says something that like Tarantino can can play with this in a way that I just don't think anybody can. And I find that fascinating because if you can ever um, change movie language um, the way he does, um, I, you know, I, that's I've got mad respect uh, for that. And. I mean, he doesn't. He, he doesn't have really. I mean, in my opinion, he doesn't have a bad movie. <laughs> no, I mean, now maybe a couple um, of them. I don't like, like Django Unchained. I'm like, there are parts of that I don't care for, but like, it's not bad. Um, and there's yeah. great stuff in it. Um, and then um, even like something like Death Proof, which I know you love. Um, that oh, tends to I love be that movie, a lot yeah. lower on people's lists, and it is on mine. But at the same time, it's still really good you know yeah it's kind of it's uh it, it's the weird thing that you run into when you watch something like once upon a time in hollywood and you're sitting there talking with a bunch of people afterwards and and they're like yeah it's about i guess it's like middle of the pack for him or whatever and it's like yeah i mean the, this movie's great but like it would be like middle of the pack yeah. on his on his like filmography and I mean, yeah and he's yeah i mean but like middle of the pack for him is still 10 out of 10 for a lot of people yeah um and he's done um, a lot less movies than other filmmakers but like even but like other than like maybe like hitchcock and i don't know maybe if you got into like billy wilder's filmography and like scorsese and spielberg i mean they they probably have as many movies as he does that are of that quality but the fact that all of his movies are of that quality is just unbelievable yeah. One one other thing about you were you brought up the whole like homage or rip off type st- type stuff is I think we're pretty sure at this point of what kind of movies Tarantino loved watching when he was younger and everything especially since he always seems to sort of insert scenes of obscure movies into his movies and uh you watch some of those and you're like yeah but i probably wouldn't want to watch some of these movies that he pops in, he puts in and he somehow has found the gold that's inside those movies and he's made it his own thing and yes he might be ripping off a a uh you know a, a, some sort of technique or, or a character or some sort of plot point or whatever but it's really always his own thing and you brought up all the other people trying to come up with pulp fiction movies after this that that failed and it's because they don't they didn't know what the well, and they're was. ripping off tarantino i mean they actually right. are ripping off. and i and i definitely want to make that clear i do not think he's ripping off i just was saying that people say that um I think it's definitely a just like you said. I mean, it's it's he's finding the gold in those and you know using them in his own I way. I think we're way too worried about like you know people having quote unquote original content. You know, I don't know. Even everything well, in music and art or whatever, there's always an inspiration. It could be like you're ripping off the sure. sky. Well, God and what I was thinking, like you've first. got like your uh, '60s and like your '70s filmmakers, like the Spielbergs and Scorseses and Lucas and you know Coppola and all these people. I mean, they were, you know, these are the the first guys that went to film school, and so their you know their inspirations are from earlier filmmakers. I mean, I mean the Indiana Jones movies are essentially like just paying homage to the uh to the serials of the 30s and 40s which is why they're insanely racist uh but uh, 
but then you've got people like Tarantino. You've got this later generation with like Spike Lee and Tarantino, and so their their inspirations are people that were inspired by people before them. Exactly. And then we've it got all... a completely new generation now. Um, that you know, I mean, I mean, we're we're like in the sixth or seventh generation of like filmmakers in that way. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, and that's why we don't even really have like genres anymore. It seems like everything's just kind of a mesh of uh, you know. And just whatever a they melting say, pot, so. if you will. Well, before we go on to the next segment, I will say um, there was one. And, and Chris, if you've got anything else that you want to add that was in your writing process, definitely, definitely jump in and talk about that. One of the uh, sins was about the women in the bathroom all touching their faces and that not being realistic. So, <laughs> oh yeah. As a as a woman watching that, I had two thoughts. One was, yes, I have been in a bathroom where it was that crowded and there are that many girls touching their faces and worrying and but it was when we were in like young like high school and we were experimenting with makeup and completely obsessed with making sure that it was all staying where we put it <laughs> so it's a very mm-hmm. specific yeah. circumstance as a grown adult i never even look in the mirror anymore this is like a personal you know you just you maybe just check your teeth but you also just hope your friends are going to help you check your teeth throughout the day so you just wash your hands and get out of the bathroom as fast as possible because who likes to hang out in bathrooms nobody they're disgusting but i loved that particular joke because i was like yeah that's it's it's not realistic in general well and i had i had originally written something i guess this was because barrett was the combiner on this one um uh and i wrote something about this too talking about how i thought it was unusual that she just decided to snort cocaine in front of everybody but i guess everybody in that bathroom is some sort of coke probably that doesn't matter but it seems weird that you would go to a theme restaurant like that and be like all right i'm gonna snort coke on the sink that's this type of restaurant that i'm at right now like it's studio 54 or something like that it feels like to me that you would just go into a stall and you know, uh, you know, come out, you know, pull out your little pocket right. mirror, and then you do a line from there, but not right there at the sink. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that brings up like a sort of tangential thing. Uh, whenever we make observations of that nature, when we're like, it's kind of weird that this is happening or whatever. Uh, it's 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 tough a lot of times to say that something's not realistic because there's always someone who says, oh, yeah, that's something that I used to do or you know, oh, or yeah. whatever. And you're like, oh, you found out that there, <laughs> this actually is very but, common, but and even though it doesn't seem that way. In certain circumstances, it's common, though. And it was – yeah, you're right. It's, it's all based on personal – the personal experience. I can't speak for all women, but I don't know. I have not been in a bathroom situation like that since I was in high school. <laughs> so – yeah, yeah. Yeah. As an adult, I've never walked into a bathroom and seen a crowd of women looking at their faces in the mirror. That just doesn't mm-hmm. that does not that does not happen. And if it happens to you, <laughs> uh, if, if if this is something you've experienced, please write and tell us about it. I'm very curious about that type of thing. Well, <laughs> I also want to know if you've ever been to something like Planet Hollywood or Hard Rock and just seen somebody like snorting, snorting co- cocaine on the sink. Yeah, because no. that's only happened to me like a couple of times where I've walked in on somebody doing something similar to that. And it's all – but both times it was at like uh, a shady bar. Like it was never at right. somewhere – yeah, like you said, like Planet yeah. Hollywood. 
Yeah, I've seen some weird stuff go down in shady bathrooms, the girls' shady bathrooms. We could talk about that for a long time. But instead, we're going to go on to the next segment, unless you guys have any final thoughts on uh, the incredible Pulp Fiction. No. All right. Next up is, well, this is Mr. Cher did this one. Uh, This is from the Music Video Sins um, channel. Music from behind. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you take the lead on this one? Because you're obviously very familiar with that channel and you kind of have the inside scoop on what that is. This was, uh, I mean, this was all Barrett, though. I wish we had Barrett here talking about this, but um, or you can pretend uh, to be Barrett. I'll, huh? I was pretending to be Aaron. You can just pretend to be Barrett. Yeah, Nobody will know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, guys. It's amazing. I, I can't do it. I can't do a Barrett. Um, no, it was just, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, Chris, do you remember what he when he came up with this, or was he the one that came up with this? I assume. Uh, I believe he did. It might have been a uh, collaborative thing with Made In as they tried to discuss what to do. Uh, this is real inside baseball stuff. Yeah, I didn't um, know how much of that you wanted to that, talk about. <laughs> um, okay. I'm fine with it. I think it, I think uh, people probably know, and especially uh, you'll as you've noticed in Cinema Sins itself, we comment. Uh, subtly, uh, I guess subtly, I don't know, it's between subtle and unsubtle, um, about how using music uh, is such a difficult thing. Uh, the music industry is like way, 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 way more rough about, and I and I think in, I, I, I would play devil's advocate here, uh, probably with good reason. Um, the music industry is a little bit harder about the usage of their songs, um, and everything. I think in this case, I think they, they should be able to distinguish that people aren't listening to, they're not going to music video sins to listen to the music. You know, I, I feel like in those cases, they should be able to figure the, the difference between those things. But, um, it's hard to, it's hard to come out with videos, uh, that constantly get claimed and you know you've done a whole bunch of work on it and then it just gets claimed and nobody can watch it so uh in in lieu of that uh coming out with a second vid- second music video sins every week uh the thought was to start this new series that didn't have any you know music attached to it uh but was about music anyway um and uh to sort of uh take off on those uh those old vh1 yeah, behind the music uh behind the music oh, thing. So, so funny yeah um, which i love music from behind which i'm sure he came up with that title is an amazing title for it it works yeah, on yeah so many levels I actually, whenever uh, I was, the notes were sent out about, okay, here's what we're covering for the show. I just thought that it was another music video called Music from Behind. I didn't realize that it was going to be what it was. And I just had the best time watching this video. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's great. And it's, it's 100% like Chris was saying. I mean, it's very much a parody of that. And even like the, the style of the way Barrett and Barrett actually does the narration on this, um, which is a little new too, because it's been Jeremy. He did great. I thought he did yeah. a really fun job. It was really fun to listen. It to sounded his, like yeah. you were watching a, a legit like production, yeah. which is what he wants to, I mean, a legit, like, uh, like documentary on yeah. something. And, uh, I even noticed that in the comments, it was people when they, they talked about when they realized yes. it was, it was, it was fake. So funny. I, I cried, I cried laughing when he was um, doing the, and he said, we can't stop. Whoa. 
<laughs> do you remember whenever yeah. the car is crashing over? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like he he had the ability to you know sound like the announcer documentary voice, but then he also just super played it up and. So if at that point in time you're really not paying attention to that this is all you know just silliness, then you should know when his voice changes. And he said, "Whoa!" <laughs> oh gosh, that was so funny. Well, and this was cool. I was really curious how this would go over, and it seems like it's going over pretty well. But um, you know, and like I said, I didn't have anything to do with the writing or anything. But like, just I remember in the like we were just kind of looking at the the previous edits and the comments and stuff. It was kind of an idea of like. It's one of those things where I feel like I'm trying to explain this. Where I feel like you just kind of have to go for it. Like you can't, um, you can't make it seem like a joke, I guess. But at the same time, it has to be funny. Right. And- I thought it was perfectly done, and the editing too. Uh, I was really impressed with how the whole thing kind of pieced together. Just the different clips of like various car scenes, and then like the vehicle would change and then there was a different vehicle when it went off of the road, just kind of clipping all of those things together from different sources and all the places that, um, to find like all the pictures of Miley and just like, there's one of her, I don't even know what it was from, but she's wearing this horrible, like blue eyeshadow and this really funky wig. And maybe she was at a party or it was from Hannah Montana or something, but just really hilarious, hilarious imagery to kind of go along with the whole fun of it, I, I don't know. I had a really fun time watching this one. Yeah, there's, these type of things are really hard to do. Uh, before Cinema Sins, Jeremy and I tried to do a fake movie review show where all of our opinions were based on wrong things and we were giving a lot of wrong information and really weren't letting anybody in on the joke. And it's really hard to launch one of those things and have people get on board with it. Um, uh, when we released those, we re- we would release them before the movie came out. Obviously, we had not seen the movies. Um, uh, you know, we would release them. I think on the the day the movie came out, and say, "Here's the re- here's the uh, review of the Dark Knight and everything," and we would just go through a whole bunch of just ridiculous things. Um, I think uh, with behind uh, music from behind, it's going to be more palatable palatable because people kind of know uh sort of the sensibilities of these channels right. and everything and uh and are more willing to accept something like this at this yeah. point they would be more willing to accept a fake movie review show at this right. point but uh but uh but it's just one of those it's one of those things that it comes at a perfect time well it looked like there was a lot of work that went into it and for me it w- it came out just like it was just great so i don't know how often the music from behind uh, episodes will come out but I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I don't know how much. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much he wants to say. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I, I have seen another one, so I know, oh. I know, I know <gasps> other things exist. It's an exclusive. <laughs> it's a behind the scenes exclusive. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, let's get onto this last movie before we jump into the next section. Uh, we'll start with Honey, or we'll go on to Honey. I shrunk the kids, and I was going to say I will start by saying, blow it out your shorts. Totally forgot about that one. Um, this was a movie that I watched when I was a kid. Uh, it's weird to watch movies like this. Whenever you're an adult and things start to fall apart uh, and you question a lot more than you did when you were a child. But I remember when this movie came out, I think this may have been the start of my absolute love of the behind the scenes stuff. Because they did a whole, uh, like a show or something, I think it was on Disney Channel, 
of how some of these scenes were created. Like when they get swept into the bag and they're kind of going mm-hmm. down that uh, or just the, uh, on the bee, you know, flying on the bee. And they had this whole behind the scenes thing where you got to see how it was done. You got to see the stunt doubles, which they used, obviously, you know, adults as the kids. So they had the adults dressed as the children. But none of that mattered because it was all, you know, he, the the size and the proportion of everything was all fixed on the back end as they were creating it all. And I just remember thinking that was my first time, I think, to really process as a kid how films are made and how, you know, you you create these sort of. Yeah, I just hadn't ever done it. And I was really um, into it because I loved the movie so much. Specifically, I loved the oatmeal cream pie in the yard a ton because it was like your dream as a kid to just run up to something and reach in Willy Wonka style and like grab a chunk of it and eat it and it would be delicious. So maybe for you, (laughs) it was so gross as an adult. But as a kid, that was so cool. You guys didn't have that feeling when you were a kid. I don't don't think think I I think I think I think yard food was was gross to me. even at five. Well, you were far, far more of a critical thinker than I was. Of course, I yard food. I guess. I don't know. I also remember really wanting to have a a pet ant and feeling extreme guilt for killing ants from that moment forward. My husband will attest to this this day i have a hard time even when we have an ant invasion i have to leave the room while he does the whole smash thing you know um so i don't know i i get complexes i have another complex from um several movies like about uh the brave little toaster you know having a hard time sending anything to the to the garbage because i associated that blankets have feelings stuff like that oh yeah so i actually have you have that yeah 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 uh yeah the i think it's probably something similar where uh movies have sort of anthropomorphized yeah. everything you know and so like yeah even even the the most basic <laughs> things you're like oh i don't want to get yeah. rid of this because that person that thing has this lamp or whatever. loves me and i love this lamp and why would i so right this movie kind of has some of those i don't know i didn't realize until i was watching the sins video oh that's bringing up all of these memories of literally being obsessed with this movie when I was a kid. So seeing it pop up in my feed and knowing we we're going to talk about it today was really exciting. I don't have like a lot of really like specific comments except for that blow it out your shorts has definitely got to be something <laughs> that I bring back. Um, and my favorite sin by far was the Anna Kendrickson. I laughed out loud <laughs> when gross. I saw that one. It was so <laughs> Which one was this? I don't even actually remember. Um, it was where it's like, if you say it, then it'll come to you. It and you wish said, Anna Kendrick. Oh, Anna yeah, Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I write, I write so extensively about Anna Kendrick that it, you know, doesn't oh, really, you know. She is so great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She is so, so great. You know, and there's things that, you know, like you guys were saying, even in just a moment ago, that just don't stand up as we get older, like the police showing up. And if a woman fainted and a guy was wearing a helmet like that and the police show up and your children missing, they're not just going to turn around and be like, well, we've done our jobs. So stuff yeah. like that falls apart. And, but. You know, it's it's it, it, this is another interesting sort of like, you know, get into the minds of cinema sins type of thing. We we know this is a different world. This isn't really our world. This is this is, uh, you know, the writer's imagination, so on and so forth. Um but that's what we that's how we approach these things is as as if they are the real world and so like when something like that happens and everything we're going to write <laughs> yep. about it and yes 
the the you know the the Debbie Downers in the group are going to say, yeah, but that's just the way you know the the world is. This isn't our yeah. world; it's their reality, and so on. And so on. I guess we're the Debbie Downers first, and then they're Debbie Downers for our Debbie Downing. <laughs> so whatever. At some um, point, somebody but, can't be offended, and I guess we're just going to be the ones that are going to take that one on the chin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw this. Uh, I I I took a. Um, my my i guess it was me and my parents i don't know if my brothers were along for this one but we went to cleveland because uh we had uh relatives that lived up there and uh this was the same weekend that batman came out the mm-hmm. tim burton batman Whoa. um and That's i saw the original both of batman right <laughs> sorry though yeah yeah <laughs> they uh the uh, I saw both of these movies uh, on that trip, like back to back. So I think I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids first, then Batman. Uh, what a huge weekend! Too. <laughs> yeah, two um, of the highest grossing films but, of the summer, right? Because this was the yeah, highest grossing think, live action Disney film for like five years. I, I that came up in my research when we were doing the script for this. Wow, really? Yeah. And uh, and I was twelve, and I I highly enjoyed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, there's uh uh, there's something about these, you know, that these what ifs and everything, especially when you're that age yeah. that, uh, really, uh, really, what would you do if you were this yeah. small and, and thinking about, thinking about the yard in terms of not that it's, you know, a, a small acre of, uh, of land, but now it's this huge, long strolling countryside because of how small you are. And uh, how long it's going to take you to get from the the, the street to the to the house yeah. now? Although they really fudge that uh, in there, like they're I, if, if you know they come up with, I think we even mm-hmm. send this, uh, but they said something. I think it's the equivalent of three miles, maybe. Uh, I don't remember if that's what it was. Maybe it's less. Uh, but uh, you know, you if you walk your normal walk, you should be able to get that done in an hour. And, and they, and I know that there are like things along the way that happen. The bees, the ants. Yeah. yeah the kid uh, mowing the yard. All these type of th- the, the kid rain, mowing the yard, maybe. all these things oh, the happen. Sprinkler. But they make it, yeah, the sprinkler. And they make it seem like that deterred them for another seven hours or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Well, yeah, I mean, they you sleep. Know. Like they go to yeah. sleep at one point. They're like, oh man, that's enough yeah. for today. <laughs> right. Take a nap and just Aaron's going to be really disappointed because I, I, I dropped my, um, my MC duties here, uh, and I forgot to say that this was an Atkinson Watkins share. No, joint. Oh, I'm never going to get it right. So you guys actually both wrote on it. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool that you're both here on the on the show. You can just talk about this for seven hours. We're not going to though. Um, we got yeah. We got- the uh, well, the the I guess the the if you want to make this truly behind the scenesy. <laughs> This was not a scheduled video. Oh. Um, the, uh, the this was uh, a replacement in case something happened, uh, especially since uh, I was going to be in Vegas for a month, and and, um, and so <laughs> yeah, and then something happened, and it, and it actually happened. I think just before mm-hmm. I left, uh, we were going to do the boy because the boy two was coming out. And they moved the boy too to I think December is what it is now, uh, and uh, and so actually I have a I actually wrote my end of the boy already and had it ready to go and all that. But uh, considering the uh, issue with any kind of claims or any kind of scheduling issues or anything like that, 
we got this done in case something needed to Smart. be done. So it was a replacement video, and it turns out it's it's a pretty it's a pretty apt one. It's thirty years since the movie yeah. came out. Yeah, that's uh, crazy because I'm not aging, so I don't know how that happened. Right, right. Uh, I I was about to I was about to say I, I don't it didn't need me to be rude or anything. Danae doesn't no. age, <laughs> and so so I just wanted I just need, guys needed you to know that. Thank too. you. Uh, the, that even though 30 years have passed for us, it has not passed for her at all. Yeah. Uh, let's move on, unless you guys have any other thoughts from no. Honey, I Shrunk the I mean, kids. Chris kind of touched on this. I think the main thing with this one that was a problem, though, for me as an adult, was that just they didn't, just didn't do enough with the premise, in my opinion. Um, and they show all that yeah. fun stuff over the opening credits. <laughs> of them, like, on the Oh, yeah, the opening stuff, credits, none man. None of that happened. Oh. None of that happened. Oh, yeah, the opening credits have like the bet the best adventure ever <laughs> and instead they're like let's throw them out in the yard and like uh oh, okay well, we'll have a bee and an ant and a sprinkler system and lawnmower and all that but you know and that and that sounds exciting and everything but, no. but you know i will say also about honey i shrunk the kids though the one thing about it not that this is a great uh example of him but man i miss rick moran yeah oh yeah i know and i know there's a lot of personal he, uh, reasons and stuff that he's yeah. not doing live action stuff anymore he's i think he just yeah. I think he does a lot of vo- vo- uh, voice work like on video games and uh, yeah rick was one of my yeah, favorites yeah. space balls and that was one of the uh references in the outtake and mm-hmm. i loved that movie too well little shop of horrors and uh, yes my blue heaven parenthood i mean he was he was great. Yeah, he used to be a ubiquitous part of your movie watching yeah. uh, mm-hmm. pastiche uh, back in these days, and then and then suddenly he was he was uh, gone. Yeah, the rumor uh, is, I believe, uh, it had a lot to do with John Candy. Um, and oh, then really? I think there was well, something I heard... else that happened. Like his his wife, I think, passed away. His wife passed away. That was another thing. Yeah, yeah that was the big yeah, his thing. Wife... And and uh, he decided that he was going to stay home for the kids. Yeah, and, she... uh, I'm so sorry. That type of thing. That's right. The John yeah. Candy thing has to do with John Hughes. I got I got my I got my people that's that okay. left unexpectedly out of that Hollywood confused. <laughs> You're totally fine. Yeah, I think, and this is something that I read in memes more than anything. But she passed away in '91. I think it was from cancer, and so he just made a choice to raise his kids. So he he just became a dad which is so great yeah i love that about him back for uh like they backed up mm-hmm. the truck to try to get him back for ghostbusters which there might have been other reasons yeah. he didn't want to do that but um well i've heard it's not not awesome to be in hollywood but anyway yeah. uh next we're going to go to the keeping tabs hey podcast peeps it's me again um mm-hmm. Those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay. We're going to try this. Okay. I just wanted to tell you about. The survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. So in Keeping Tabs, we all uh, give you guys a peek into what we research as we're 
writing for the CinemaSins universe. So we each pick a few things that we can remember having open tabs. We have had open for research during these movies. They could be funny. They can be embarrassing. They could be really, really strange. Uh, we just have a chance to talk about it. Now, personally, I didn't actually write on anything this week, so I have nothing to share. But did either of you guys have anything that you were researching for Veronica Mars, Pulp Fiction, music from behind, or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids that you want to share. Cool, um, moving on. Just I'm trying to remember uh, <laughs> anything on this one. Um, it's funny, like, if, 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 if I were to think about all the times I researched something, I could probably come up with something, but maybe not for these uh, movies. Yeah, well, since yeah. you're not on um, here all the time, I mean, if you've got something, like, just uh, one you remember from the past, I mean, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, well, a lot of times it it usually comes down to something a character says about something technical, um, uh, and it, and a lot of times it has something to do with like, can you survive a fall when you jump out of a plane <laughs> and and the parachute opens at X feet and all this type of thing? So you get you get that type of thing. The problem with research, and 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 I have no problem with research, but. The problem with research on the internet, especially, is that you will find a bunch of people who say, yeah, that's possible because here's the reason. And then you'll see a bunch of people who are like, no, that's not possible because here's the reason. And both of them seem right. Um, so um, I, 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 this is a this is for a, uh, a movie that we haven't uh, come out with a sins video for yet, but. Um, and, and you probably will be, you might be able to glean, might be able to glean what we're doing, but I wrote, opened up a tab, uh, for this one, uh, the other day, uh, that was talking about like, if you get a second oxygen tank underwater, uh, like if you're using your one oxygen tank and someone throws a second one down, uh, the second one apparently, uh, th- the second one gives you a better, a, a better chance of getting nitrogen poisoning of some <sighs> sort. Um, and, uh, and, and cause it's, it's a, it's a really ludicrous part of this movie where a second one has to be thrown down and the guy gives the reason why, uh, he didn't do it earlier. And, uh, and so like, uh, I, I looked that up and of course nothing like you can type. I'm really good at Google. I'm like better at Google than most. Uh, we should uh, have a Google and, Wars, you know, like what, somebody gives us a topic and then we both like race to see who can find it the fastest. Oh, it would be the best game show. Oh, it'd be, it'd be, let's it'd be do Chris it. and Barrett somebody, would be at the top. I'm pretty sure. There are so many people who you, you, you're, if you, you know, you're in social functions. A lot of times, you know, someone will go, I don't know what that is or whatever. And like, Hey, let's look it up. And you'll see somebody look it up and they like spend five minutes on their phone. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead yeah. and do this. <laughs> and, and you get it within like two seconds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like, what were you looking up? What were you, what was, what was your deal there? I, I have that same um, experience. So if, if like you can't find it on your, research it's like maybe maybe it's not there yeah and and so i typed in very specifically does a second tank when you're scuba diving get increase the chances of i think it was called nitrogen narcosis i think you're right and and uh i i i looked that up and and basically google was just like 
gave me a bunch of pages that said, here are the dangers of scuba diving. Here are a bunch of things that you want to watch out for for scuba diving. You might click on one of those, but it doesn't tell you about the second tank problem. And, uh, and so like, and it could be that they're talking about at the depth that they were or some like nonsense like that. But still, I was, I, I still wrote something about this. Even if it's a hundred percent true, the ludicrousness of like not throwing that second tank down there because of that reason is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> Just, you know, like they're running out of air. Go ahead and throw them the fucking tanks. So like, you know, it's just the what's way so I funny is, is I know exactly what movie you're talking about. I didn't, I'm not working on this one, but I saw this movie like a year ago and I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, like I know the scene. Uh, yeah, I, I that <laughs> there are going to be people who know exactly this movie. I, uh, I don't. I'm, I'm, have, I'm harkening back to watching the abyss when they hold their breath um, and wondering why they didn't have oxygen. So I, mm-hmm. I know I'm wrong um, about yeah. that. But uh, that was an alarming movie that will stay with me for my lifetime that I'm having flashes back to right now. But that's like the perfect, just the perfect thing. That's exactly what Keeping Tabs is about. Just anything that you researched that just was interesting. Uh, recently yeah the only one i really made a note of just because it was odd what i found was that in honey i shrunk the kids there is a sin that i wrote that uh yeah i'm almost positive it stayed in um where the cat he calls the cat he's like a matt frewer's character uh says what am i doing wrong spike and he's talking to the cat and then i wrote a sin like well yeah giving your cat a dog's name um, is yeah. one. And so I just, out of curiosity though, because I just was picturing like a bunch of people going, my cat's named Spike. Um, I looked up, do cats really, uh, do people name their cats Spike? And what I got, it wasn't so much that. I didn't find anything out about that. But the first thing that popped up was um, apparently there is a lot of people researching if cats really have spikes on their penises. Oh, yeah. What? The barbed yeah. penis. And um, I didn't get too in-depth with it because I was terrified of what I would find out, but apparently there's a, a theory of why <laughs> the female cat screams so much during the act of sex is that, uh, yeah, they have a They're being penis. pierced? So you, maybe, maybe Chris knows more about this than I do. I, I actually don't. I have three oh, male yeah. cats, and they they were all uh, um, oh, okay. uh, neutered. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I I, wow. I I am not familiar with this. <laughs> but apparently, it's a it's a. I mean, I, I've heard. I mean, I've heard. Yeah, of the I had never heard of this, thing. and it's like the first thing that pops up when you when you when you merge spike and cat. Oh, that's yeah. something that you would never expect. I would have expected like a list of like this is how many thousands of cats are named Spike in America. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I, and 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 let me make it clear: it is so disappointing when you find out that the thing that you think is wrong is is not wrong. It's the <laughs> yes. most disappointing thing ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is so true. Um, just you know, I don't know if this is how it is for you guys. Maybe it's empathy. Maybe it's that I'm a woman. I don't know. I'm going to ask you. Are your insides hurting right now thinking about a barbed penis? Because mine, I actually, like, I'm experiencing it, phantom it pains. It was when I first learned about it. I mean, now I've, you know, I've thought about it enough, I can't I stop guess. thinking about it. I, I think, I, I, yeah, I mean, I can't obviously imagine what it would be like. No. No. But I can, <laughs> yeah, I can empathize. Yeah, I can empathize. Uh, the things I learn on this show. 
Um, I didn't really, Let's but I, yeah, on. I didn't really have much of. That was the only good thing. Um, I was curious. There's a line in Honey I Shrunk the Kids where he uh, he says he's he's like labeling off the things that he's got for the the neighbors are going like on a fishing trip, and he says that he has French fries and tater sticks. And so I was looking up if they're actually because I was like, is there really a difference between <laughs> French fries and tater sticks? Aren't those the exact same thing? And apparently they're not. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, yeah, there's those, uh, weird, like, um, yeah, like they're dry. I don't think you even cook them. Uh, but it's basically a fry. Uh, (laughs) It's just a different, like, texture. Um, the, the, the thing that I, I, the thing that, um, it, it, this is a really weird thing. Sometimes I get hung up on some things in movies that, you know, why did they include this? Why is this in here? Uh, when when Matt Frewer is about to go on that camping trip with his buddy, his buddy shows up, and it seems like some big plot point that the buddy shows up in his trailer and says, "Hey, we're gonna go. Let's do this. We got to get there by six or whatever." And and Frewer has to tell him like, "I'm sorry, I can't do it," and has to lie to him about it because who's gonna believe the story about shrinking the kids and or that the kids that. were missing? Yeah, right. And uh, and and like, I don't. I know that the camping trip is is uh they plant a seed about that because of that. You know, he's he's doing the food, he's doing the inventory, he's doing all that it just really never ever needed to come into play and like the the that dude who shows up even looks in the backyard and sees Rick Moranis and the wife like like doing something weird and they show his reaction and i was like and 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 in like most movies it would be like this guy is going to somehow throw a monkey wrench into things but he doesn't and right? yeah he doesn't do anything he just kind of like it's goes just, away <laughs> yeah he goes away uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I understand why it's in there because it was probably in the script, but like, there's just no need for it. It's a, like a complete diversion to have the guy come over and then Frewer has to lie about why he can't go all this. And it does, doesn't make any difference to the story at all. And that's why there's this one sin completely out of nowhere that asked what that dude was in the movie if I remember for, this correctly, like a second doesn't time. Doesn't he like tell him that his his wife is uh, menstruating or sick? Was or it was sick? It I thought it was implied that it was like the time of the month or you know one of those like eighties. Oh, I actually don't yeah. remember. Um, yeah, I, he, he, I think he does say something uh, along the lines oh, of... Oh, cyclical of humor. Cause I, yeah, because I just remember thinking, like, it would have made more sense if he just said, you know, we can't, you know, we're, our kids have disappeared. Or not disappeared, but, like, maybe, like, they've gone to somebody's yeah. house and we can't, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, if, if, he had, if he had even admitted that the kids yeah. were missing, it then yeah. maybe the, you know... I they would have been like, oh, we'll help find him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God, that's and, terrible. And then, and then you start bringing the whole neighborhood into it, you know, where yeah. it's like, uh, hey, yeah, let's look, let's everybody have a patch of grass and try to find these kids. Um, so, I don't anyway. know. I know this is kind of going back into talking about it, but I don't care. Um, I don't know if, uh, Chris, you did um, both of them, but there was a similar kind of um, sin that was mentioned for Pulp Fiction, too, which was 
So like in, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it was if you planned on leaving town at this time and then you started about this time of the day and you kind of worked your way back and like you, you would have been late from the beginning of the day. Why is that even an excuse now was one of the sins. Well, and I then, know Jonathan did the one in Honey, I oh, Shrunk the yeah, Kids. Oh, yeah, because they okay. made some um, comment about like, I mean, the way they phrase it, like they wouldn't have gotten there till after the cutoff yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then something else happened similar in Pulp, the Pulp Fiction video, which was uh, Bruce Willis's character being able to like get back to his house to say, we got to go because we're going to miss the train. But then like he referenced oh, it yeah. earlier. And so whoever wrote that one had also worked that whole timeline out. I'm really and impressed. That, that would be Barrett. That. Barrett did that one. That's um, so impressive. Like, how, yeah. I, I don't even, I don't think like that, you know? And so when those things pop up, oh my gosh, I, well, yeah, that's really smart. Anyway. Yeah. Kudos, they they, kudos they do that a lot. They, they do that with time a lot in movies where they'll, they'll say that this is something that is, we really need to do this now. And then somehow find a way to find a pocket of like 15 minutes inside of five minutes yeah um so like you know it's like oh we got to do this now it's like two minutes before or whatever and then there's this like long conversation that happens somewhere mm -hmm. like it's a bubble around the time where like you know that's like the old show out of this world where the girl could you know press her fingers together and like uh the ever then time would stop and everything like that it's it's almost like that like nothing is just <laughs> there's nothing else going on in the world when these conversations happen or these actions these other actions happen where they're like you know uh, they got to do all this stuff before this one big thing happens and everything. And they do so much like the, the, the most ludicrous thing in Pulp Fiction is that he goes into his apartment and he gets the watch and he knows that they're after him. And he's like, ah, you know what? I'll just do this toaster strudel thing. No, no problem with that. I haven't had breakfast today. Why? Well, might as well just go ahead and throw that in there, even though he's like in danger and needs to go. Having never seen that movie, whenever he uh, and I'm going to use their real names because you know characters. I don't I don't know the characters as well, but Bruce's character kills uh, John's character. Yeah, I I was like, wait, is that real? You can't kill him. <laughs> He's the main yeah. character. So I don't know if that was like really something that happened or not. But I'm I think I probably should watch Pulp Fiction and find out because I had a lot of questions. Yeah, I do like so. that sometimes the comment section will come up with those two like hey you guys what about this sin and they're really smart so let's jump yeah, into yeah. the comment section uh and we'll hear from you guys I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty you're a real straight shooter you are the ones who are the ball lickers so here in the comment section, we each pick a few comments that we came across over those last week's um, video releases that we can respond to, answer questions. So you also are welcome to just send in general feedback as well. And uh, you can tweet us, you can write to us. I'll tell you about all that stuff here in just a minute at the end of the show. Um, so Veronica Mars, there was a couple that came up on Veronica Mars, but one of the things that happened, it was kind of goes back into even keeping tabs is that there was a several comments that said, where are the marshmallows or where are my fellow mm -hmm. marshmallows or I'm here, where are the marshmallows? Mm -hmm. And I kept seeing that pop up. So I had to do a little bit of research into that and discovered that a marshmallow is somebody who's a Veronica yep. Mars fan. 
Did you guys know I, that? I've heard it. I did yes. not. I mean, I guess technically I am, but um, I I never coined uh, <laughs> myself that. You're so. a marshmallow. So wait a minute. Do they call themselves marshmallows or marshmallows? I'm pretty sure it's marsh. Uh, yeah, probably it ma- make a lot of sense. I think it's marsh. Yeah. That, they totally missed an opportunity there. They did because uh, now that now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I'm new, so I'm not. Their whole nah. their, their whole their whole uh, following is null and void, <laughs> in my opinion. Now that they. <laughs> <laughs> uh chris you don't usually bru- uh, browse the comments as you've already said so if you don't have any that's totally fine um yeah i don't you- have any if you guys want to find some random ones that are not on your list and uh, i can address <laughs> i will do that cool i've actually got one that you can answer here in a minute Jon- jonathan um, did you have well, one I did you wanted, to- and we kind of talked about this when we were doing the music from behind but I, I did I I did go through those comments because I was really curious and it looks like for the most part man everybody was really really digging that so uh, I don't have any specific comments towards that but I just thought that was really cool that people seem to be really getting it and getting behind it especially on YouTube where sometimes you don't get the nicest things yeah um, on Veronica Mars I did want to note that somebody said even by your standards roll com Mars Urschels was a bad joke yeah. please never say that again and just from uh my and danae can speak to this more than me but uh aaron wrote that and um he's probably now gonna say <laughs> that of course he did time. of course he wrote that there's no one else who would have wrote yeah, exactly that. and you telling him never to say that again he'll look at that as a contest and uh or a challenge yeah yeah uh, or a compliment you just made you've just made like uh, you, it's one of those where you cut off the head and two uh-huh. more show up. That's yeah. the that's what happened. That's the comet Hydra. Non Veronica Mars TV said videos now. So thank you, thank you so much. Uh, oh yeah, I read that comment, but I was I, and I I kind of smirked, but at the same time, I love hearing John uh, Jeremy have to kind of like work those out. <laughs> you know, like roll commercial shows <laughs> so i'm all for trying like to make that work like dicks to him on purpose but it's like i do truly think through these things like is this going to be a problem for jeremy to say <laughs> or i'll make a note of it like uh, you know let's do this if if this causes an issue but yeah it makes it fun um back on to the music from behind uh when you mentioned that one there was um I think I thought you guys did a good thing in asking, like from a, from a channel perspective. You had the channel ask the question: How long did it take for you to realize this was all made up, or is it? And so then there's a lot of commenting happening, you know, kind of underneath. Oh yeah, that. Barrett put that and, in. Right? He commented on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really smart because then it kind of gives people a place mm-hmm. to sort of answer that question. It cracked me up because one of them said, "I realized it was fake when you said Whig Party in the USA." Which, here's here are the jokes that preceded that one. Um, who could forget her Oscar-winning performance in The Help? Oh yeah, thirty-year career, thirty-year career wig obsession, right. where she was sourcing her own hair from hair that was on the floor. The Thrive Meter, and then David Schwimmer, fellow American Idol judge Gwen Stefani, like all the people who had the uh, mm-hmm. the wigs, was David Schwimmer, and the fellow American Idol judge Gwen Stefani. Red Foo and her own father. Then the wig party joke came. It took that person that long <laughs> to realize that it was a joke, wow. which is just so funny to think about. <laughs> well, it goes to show, by the way, uh, I, I, I know this is in a way weird that I, I'm, I'm saying something seriously about this, but, uh, but uh, it goes to show how information 
like you you can you can watch something and like things will just go by and you won't even yeah. question it and <laughs> and you know saying stuff like 30 year career and everything you don't immediately if if especially right. if you don't know if it's if it's fake right off the bat so many things will go by your head we're just like oh yeah yeah whatever this is just a behind the music type of thing and <laughs> uh and then finally something completely insane happens. And then it informs you that all that stuff that you just yeah. glossed by is fake. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, you should probably know this is fake, like from the first five seconds. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but like if you don't know that going in, uh, it's, it's funny to me, like you you would watch a regular biography like this. And they would probably say things that they probably say things that are not true in those too, and and they just and it goes right by, it goes in and out. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay, it makes sense. Yeah, it's all how the then the narrator is so confident in delivery. But if you're listening to the words and then you're looking at the images, you know, with her Oscar winning performance, like yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like it's it's there's so many things that are wrong with that yeah. one statement. Uh huh. Yeah, and then it's a more obvious visual of the hair on the floor that she's sourcing wigs. You know, even though she's from without permission. It's anyway. I th I thought that was so funny. I cracked up thinking about all the people who it took them way too long. But at the same oh, time, yeah. that is super super fun. Um. So here's a question that came up, or a comment rather, on Ver Veronica Mars. Uh, True C three says, "I'm confused how Foxy or Staxed is racist." And then the candy music lover said, it's a joke. He refers to anything as racist for laughs. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to hear more about how that joke kind of developed and, and why um, that sort of the way that the narrator approaches that. Oh, good. I haven't. I don't know if we've actually ever discussed this. Uh, maybe we have. I know that someone asked a question on the Sincast about some of the origins of some of the ones that we've done. And we went through and everything uh, uh even in some instances could tell you exact videos where it happened um where it first started and everything i can tell you that this happened the the that's racist for everything started with x-men first class um because i you know just just looking at all the different things that are ist um uh you know you can be ageist you can be sexist you can be all these different things i just didn't want to this was when it was just me and jeremy writing uh and and there was something at the end of first class where rose Byrne comes into this group of guys at the very end and is telling is trying to tell them uh, something and and they don't believe her basically because she's a woman and there's a, I think there's her memory's been wiped by Xavier or whatever at the end and and all she remembers is the kiss and so all the guys are in the room are like yeah yeah what's what happens when you have female agents and stuff like that something to that effect I don't actually remember everything about it but it's towards the end of that I think Jeremy had written a that sexist comment or something like that, just like that's racist. Um, and uh, I, 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 uh, this was back when I don't know we we would debate about certain things, and uh, I was just like, why don't we just call everything offensive racist? 
Um, and, and, and that way it's just sort of, uh, it, uh, we don't have like three things that sound exactly the same, but they're just different kinds of ists and let's just make everything racist at that point. It's really just a joke, a play on anything that's offensive. Um, and, uh, instead of just like saying that's sexist, that's rage, racist, uh, that's, that's, uh, ageist. that's ageist. Yeah. Yeah. We just have one thing that covers all of it. And it's um, racist. What's that? And it's the, and it's racist. And I think I personally think that's funny, but I didn't know when I first started like writing scripts. And so I was like trying to do research onto what technically would this be considered <laughs> sexist or, and, um, jury- I think, <laughs> I think also, uh, when I was living in New York, um, I think I heard somebody say something like that. Um, uh, uh, and it was, it was, I think it was either a sexist or ageist comment and, and for them and they were just being funny mm-hmm. yeah. and they said, they said, Oh, that's racist. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so like it, there's probably a, a little bit of a derivation from that too. I don't remember if that's what it actually was though. But That's for awesome. me, when it was when when Jeremy wrote the the sexist comment, I was like, it would be funny if we just made everything offensive <laughs> just racist. Now, unfortunately, there it, it's it's un, it's unfortunate now that we're in a society where yeah everybody's yelling back and forth what's mm-hmm. racist and what's not, especially now. And so I have personally started to like. Uh, uh, cut those uh at times um just so we're not getting mixed up in that argument even though right. we've been doing this since 2013 we've been calling everything offensive racist um there's been a so there's been a conscious effort on my end at least i mean there's still some that get through but uh, if I'm on a script and there's something that says that's racist on it, I'll usually want to cut it unless it's just something that is absolutely racist. And the, I think the last script that I was on that actually had that had one was Dumbo and the, uh, the cartoon Dumbo, uh, which actually had racist stuff in it. Right. You know? So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, because that the, the, you know, the times have sort of changed over the years where, you know, we've gotten into this bad, uh, you know, what's yep. racist, what's not, yeah. you know, yeah. I've started to avoid them. Well, good for you for kind of recognizing that culture can change and, and shift around. I think it's interesting though, that in the comment section, you'll have so many, um, fans that help the person who doesn't know that that's an ongoing joke. They'll like comment and say, Hey, this is just part of the, you know, this, that's, that's part of the joke. That's, that's a part of being funny uh, on this channel. Yeah. So, so and that was another reason why we, we stopped doing comments because uh, essentially we'd have a bunch of backers <laughs> right. at some point right. that would just go ahead and do the work for us. And, uh, awesome. and I was like, you know, it, you know, there's, that's a second reason why we don't, we don't do that. It's it's. Uh, by the way, uh, just as an aside, it's a perfectly great. It's a great thing that I encourage people make who create new channels to do to get on the comments mm-hmm. and comment with everybody because that's always a good thing that you're you're showing that your fans matter and everything like that. I'm not saying 
that now that I don't do it, the fans don't matter. <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, when you're first starting and everything, it's good to do that to sort of build that rapport because yeah. uh, then you start getting, uh, you know, people who are on your on your side uh, for life. And we would I think we would both uh, I think everybody would do more comments if it was just wasn't such a chore to do it at this point. But um, but I, yeah, I encourage people starting new channels to do that. I've had to uh, stop myself. Um, you're talking about the comments that were kind of got on your nerves. One of the ones that I struggle with right now, maybe it's just with the new person, and um, is the people who are like, "Well, you obviously don't love movies," or you know, you're, and it's like, "No, no, no, you don't understand the, you don't understand the vibe of of what we're doing." But there are just so many. There's so many comments. Not that there's a lot of comments particularly like that, but there are a lot. And then if you start commenting on one, suddenly there's you know, 200, 300, 400 more that you could go and, and comment on. And also, I don't speak for the group. I am the new girl. I'm not going to be found getting into some sort of comment debate. When it kills me on Twitter, especially because when you see that, because it's like, I know Chris isn't on there, but like I'm on there, Aaron's on there, you know, you're on there, Janae, Barrett's on there, Jeremy's on there. And like, if you read like, just picked three random uh tweets from one of us there's a good chance it's going to talk it's going to be us talking about how much we love a movie uh you know yeah. so it's like yeah. you know you're clearly not even really reading what we're saying so i just i give up right i've, I've yeah. always said that if the people who are so vehemently against cinema sins ever sat down with all of us started talking they would realize where we're coming from on everything yeah. um there, there's hardly anybody out there who, after talking with us for about three hours, would be like, oh, yeah, uh, they, they, I still hate what they do or I still hate them or whatever. Right. I think you can I think you'd find people who still say they hate what we do, but they may not. They would know where the, the place is coming from. Yeah. You know, I don't think people realize that there's some movies I hold in high regard, like Pulp Fiction, perfect, perfect episode to be talking about this. Uh, Back to the Future, which is uh, one that I, I, I only was the only writer on the Back to the Future one. Um, you know, uh, the Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. And, and I probably would give more sins to it now than I did then. Um, because we were, we had a sort of a limit back, back in the days when that one came out. But, um, there are uh there are so many things that you sin in a movie that you in that you like that you actually like um and uh and and there's no way to actually go and tell you what the what the reasoning or the basis for that is other than we're trying to make it an entertaining video yeah. and maybe the idea of sinning something that you like is is uh is just is our is our is a way of looking at uh, a, a scene differently or whatever uh it, it it a sin rarely ever uh means all the things that some people attach uh mean that their meanings to i think sin i think people get have a hard time getting past the word sin a lot of times um and they think that it means that's something this movie is going to hell for uh, even though it might not be that big or, or it may not even be something that you need to hate or whatever. So it, it hap, it is, it's, I think you have to realize what it takes to make a video that will appeal to the masses and maybe sometimes upset the masses. Like the whole point 
is sometimes to upset you uh, about sending something. And especially back in our early days, good God, we would try to do that all the time. It was, that's why there's a sin for Adele in the Skyfall video. Uh, we love Adele. We yeah. love that song. But like in my mind back then, I was like, let's do something that just people are like, why is that a sin? And that was one of them. It's like just Adele was the sin. Adele. And then, and you know, you got all these people like, what's wrong with Adele? Oh, there's nothing wrong with Adele. That's the reason why we did it was so that you would do that. Uh, Jonathan, did you have any other comments? No, no. That's really all I found. Um, Okay, let's move on to this one. This one's from Connor Cambridge. Uh, Connor said on Pulp Fiction, um, this isn't more, this isn't a correction, just a cool observation. Actually, several people had, um, that might work as one of those laments after the moment that you mentioned, Chris. Uh, and you, in the video, you mentioned how they probably shouldn't have won the trophy, but we never see them actually win it. You see later in a scene with Butch and Fabian on the TV in which a news channel, the headline shows that the trophy from Jack Rabbits was stolen. Just thought that was worth a mention. Nice video, guys. Nonetheless, good job. Yeah, uh, this was actually a, a, a thing that uh, I had heard before we did the Sins video. Um, but I... I, and I had never seen this before, but I thought that it was the radio broadcast as Butch walked past the apartment going towards his apartment because there's something about Jackrabbit Slims, I think. Oh. I think it's just an ad, okay. though. Um, I did not know it was a, an ad on the TV or a, not a, a news program on the TV. I didn't know that that's where it was. So I was not looking for it. Right. But I remember, I remember that, um, that, uh, that, that was a discussion, uh, after it had come out. Actually, it's in the IMDb trivia or something like that, I believe. I remember reading up on this, uh, a long time ago and they said, Oh, there's a thing that says that it might have been stolen. Uh, so I was looking for this and I was like, Oh, I just didn't see it. And I have the subtitles on. So there wasn't anything that said that the trophy was stolen that I oh, saw in the subtitles. Um, well, the next so, time you watch it, so maybe look for it and see if it's actually there. I mean, it came up a couple times in comments. I know when I watch it, I'll be looking for it because one of the things that drives Aaron up the wall that he rants about is that most of the time it's like they use the TVs as sort of a plot device to sort of move things forward. And so somebody is sitting in the room and the TV is playing a news channel. That's, the volume was all the way up and it has information that they need. But in this case, in Pulp Fiction, it's in the background and it's really subtle. And I guess unless you're really like listening for it, you wouldn't even know it's there, which yeah, and is neat. Especially since uh, I think both times the TV is on... It's playing some like the when when he wakes up the next day, it's she's watching some sort of motorcycle movie or whatever. And um, and so like subconsciously, you're just thinking, man, everything's so loud and it's just this motorcycle movie. And that's just kind of the background to the, the discussion that they have. And so like, yeah, I never once uh, have actually seen it uh, or heard it. And I'll have to now that I know the the place of where it is, I'll have to go back and 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 look at that. But but yeah, uh, the it, yeah, it's one of those things where it's one of those things they a detail that they throw in which doesn't necessarily change 
uh, what you say about it because you don't know if it's been, yeah, you don't know if it's been stolen or not, but, uh, but it is an interesting detail. Another interesting detail came from Mr. Thistleblum 11 on the honey. I shrunk the kids comments said some scorpions are less than an inch long and they're young or perhaps 10 times the size of a common ant. Carpenter ants are larger than that. This was all about the sin regarding whether or not the scorpion would be the similar size as the ant. And um, right. that is another thing I, I personally love to see in the comments is people who are like, actually, I happen to know about this. And like, oh, how yeah. how do you randomly I, know these things? That's I, awesome. I like it, too. Although I will say this was a tab thing, too. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I looked up. I was like, what are the size of scorpions? And like everything that came up was way bigger than an egg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so like uh, so I didn't find anything that was as small as an ant. Um, you know, um, in, in, and I guess that they're saying in this, that's one of those fire ants that are bigger yeah. than normal. Yep. Uh, but, uh, at, at the same time, I, I, I don't know if that was a fire ant or a regular ant. It's not made uh, clear. It's not made uh, clear. And you know what? People who love this movie, they're going to defend all the things that <laughs> are offending them. Anyway. It's true. It's true. Uh, however, it's one of those sins that sometimes I'll just cut because there's just no way to know. And right. there's always it there. The world is so big that yes, there probably are this probably. size scorpion, this size ant, and you can uh. find them in California because that's where they are. I had to look that up too. Um, <laughs> you know, whether or not the, these two species could even exist in a backyard and some, in some, in California. This um, actually occurred had, in Australia where everything is crazy anyway. Right, right, right. So like when you look it up and, and yeah, this is the, the, the extent of the research because mainly your job is to write about the movie. You'll go and Google it. You'll look at a couple of websites and you see something like, okay, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't seem like uh, anything is uh, telling me that I'm wrong here. So then you just go yep. with it. Yep. Oh, I had that experience in the Game of Thrones when I talked about uh, the curling of the hair and how it's like curling irons didn't exist. And I learned a lot in the comments that day. Apparently medieval hair curling is totally normal. Just didn't know. Ah, But you could have always said, <laughs> how do we know that this is medieval times anyway? Yeah, this exactly. Is a completely different world. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. See, all these weeks later, I'm finally finding healing. I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> uh, the final one came from Andrew Ertle, who said, holy crap. They mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Props to you guys. So was that yours, Jonathan? Yeah, that, that was Chris. Was mine. That was yours. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually uh, took a class in. Um, I think it was. I think it was Tennessee Tech. I had a film class where it was sort of a maybe it wasn't maybe it was MTSU. I can't remember which class this was. Um, uh, but it was a film class that uh, had a little bit of an uh, English or psychology bent to it. And, um, and, uh, they, and, uh, the, the professor asked us to, uh, look at, um, characters and movies based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, uh, and so like, um, so I can't remember, I can't, I mean, this was 24 years ago, so I can't remember like what movie we watched and what, where, where I applied this or whatever. But I know that it's been 24 years since I've even mentioned Maslow's hierarchy <laughs> of needs. This is why I'm so proud of it. Um, you should uh, be. <laughs> uh, uh, the you know, and I and and I'm 
trying to remember what this was in reference to. Was this because Rick Moranis was uh, going to eat cereal instead of looking for his kids or something? Is oh, that what it was? I don't remember when it came up in the um, Sins video because when I saw this comment, I was like, I don't, I don't even know what it that could means. have also been uh, the 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 girl who is worried about meeting the boy at the mall, right? Uh, and, and 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 she's and meanwhile, the real problem here is that she's They're shrunk, shrunk down to size and, and could try, die. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that might have been that actually might have been it. Uh, and so, well, like, that's where that came in because because you know the it's a it's an it's a it's an important kind of pyramid when you're when you're uh, thinking about why characters are, you know, if if characters really would be caring about too much about like, oh, there's this boy I like at the mall over the fact that, you know, she's shrunk and could die and, <laughs> and at any moment and everything like that. Yeah, so, uh, I love yeah, I, loved- I was happy about that. I was, too, because I learned I actually went I have, I've got the pyramid pulled up here at the bases uh, physiological needs, you know, air, water, food, shelter, and then then mm-hmm. safety needs. So that's right. what we're talking about here. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it ended up being a tab, too. It was a tab, too, because <laughs> I, I had to I had to kind of like uh, reacquaint myself with it. Yeah. To make I, sure that it was like, OK, are these needs above your like your material needs? And of course, right. They are. Of course, and, they are. Uh, love and belonging is next. Friendship, intimacy, then esteem, like respect and self-esteem and status. And then at the very top is self-actualization, which is a desire to become the most that one can be. Right. So that gave me a lot of things to think about before going to bed. I was like, wow. Yeah, basically it comes <laughs> down to when when those bottom needs are met, then you try the second part. And right. then the second part, the third part. And then the yeah. self-actualization is like, okay, I've got all of that on lock then let's, then what you transcend you become invisible and kind of go to another plane of existence and you're vibrating oh. at this new frequency is that, is that yeah what's next? exactly okay. oh, very cool. few people reach that part where they can become invisible and fly off to the end of the galaxy and everything I'm working like that. On there's that. only been like three people <laughs> in history that's done I'll, that. i'm gonna be the fourth you watch <laughs> i i can't wait <laughs> Be, sh- be hey, you know what? Remember, you you have to take pictures of it, or it didn't happen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Make a video. I'll try to take mm-hmm. my material phone with me that's and see right. what happens. All right. Well, let's move on to beyond the sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wildest dream. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit about something else from pop culture that we would like for you to know. This could be TV, movie, game, book. Um, it could be anything. Uh, we'll start, Jonathan, with you. What would you like to talk about this week for Beyond the Sins? Well, I finally, which I don't know. Well, I was out of town when it got released, so it took me a couple weeks to get to uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, ah. I'm a huge, huge, huge Spider-Man person. Um, I don't think I liked this Boo. very much. I, I haven't know. seen it. Boo, Jonathan. I am terrible person. No, no, no. Is that the I one understand. That, I understand. Did that completely. just come out? Like, just, just come out? Came out at, like, July 4th, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. been out okay. for a couple weeks now. Okay. Um, no, I, there was, um, like, like it seems like with all the Spider-Man movies, like, the action always gets better. Like, they just, they get the effects better with him swinging. And so there was some really exciting uh, set pieces in this one. Um, especially the stuff with, um, I guess 
is that I can't remember what country they're in when the with the water, but oh um, Venice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Venice. Italy, but you know Venice. They're in Venice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, but yeah, like there's some really cool uh, set pieces. And I still think Tom Holland's really good, and I enjoyed the stuff with him and Zendaya, uh, the the Parker and Mary Jane stuff. The other character stuff, though, just fell really flat for me. Um, a lot of the side character stuff just – I didn't – I don't know. I, for some reason, I just didn't find this as fun yeah. as Homecoming. Um, and then I, I really, really want a Spider-Man – and I get the Iron Man stuff in this one because of what happened in Endgame. To a point, I get it, but I'm really – I'm really like I kind of forgave Homecoming for how much it ingrained like Tony Stark into like the villain's origins and the suit and all that kind of stuff. But it got it really got on my nerves in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm mean, like, can we just can we just have a, a Spider-Man movie? And Into the Spider Verse, to be fair, probably didn't help uh, how good that was. Yeah. Uh, probably didn't help, you know, going into this one, which I shouldn't hold that against this one, but you know, I mean, that was, that was an amazing, uh, Spider-Man movie. And so this just kind of felt a little flat for me. Um, it's fun. Like it's definitely not terrible or it's, I, I, I think overall I like it. Okay. But I'm definitely on the fence a lot more than I thought I would be. Did you, did you yeah, like it? I, quite did. I think I liked it better than everybody that I know so far. Cause Jeremy and Barrett, Jeremy and Barrett liked it okay. I think they liked it more than you did, but um, I really liked it. I don't know why I had a different experience with it. I I think Mm -hmm. I just really dug all the things that you just said that you didn't like. Yeah. So, like, uh, I – like – you know when when it comes to sins time, there's going to be a lot of the things that I like are going to get sinned. I just, I just like, I mean, maybe this is silly, and like, I don't really care if you change, like, like for instance, like in Iron Man three, like I had no issue with what they did with the Mandarin, like you know what they did for the movie versus what he's like in the comics, and the Mysterio character in Spider Man is is fine. I mean, like in Far From Home, um, it, it's and um, Jake Gyllenhaal does a very good job, um, but I just, I just want a villain that's not pissed off at Tony Stark. Yeah. Um. I, and you know, I just I found that really I don't, maybe that I hope that maybe that's a spoiler, but I, I found that really odd that um, we were doing that yet again because I mean essentially that's what the vultures thing is too. Yeah, I yeah. mean not maybe not specifically Tony Stark, but just the Avengers and you know them making him lose money and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I don't. Know. It it does seem it. I, I will say, as far as timeline is concerned, it seems like these guys sure do come out of the woodwork out of nowhere after years and years and years, uh, you know, doing nothing. Uh, they they suddenly just come out of nowhere and it's like, oh yeah, Tony Stark is a. I mean, like, I understand what they're saying. Tony Stark is such a a. a you know, big character and he's dealt with a lot of people in his life. And he used to be like really, really selfish, like more than he was before he became Iron Man. Uh, so like, he's probably made lots of enemies, but geez, they, it's taken him like, it's taken this guy 10 years to do his thing. Um, and then also I completely understand that they had, this was the first one after, well, this was the first one. I, yeah. This was the first one after end game. So, I totally get they that had to have something to do with it too. 
um, they had to deal with those ramifications. I will say I did kind of like I I said about the character stuff fell flat. I did like the happy in Spider Man stuff. Um, I didn't really like the happy yeah. in Aunt May stuff, but I did like the happy in uh, the Spider Man stuff. But I don't know. Like I said, it just yeah. I I think I'm just kind of. For whatever reason, what worked for a lot of people is is not working for me. And comedy is very subjective. So, I mean, you know. That's true. But I just don't understand why yeah. these things and were I mean, funny and, and to me in Homecoming and they weren't as funny to me in this. Because it's essentially the same Well, there's the whole stuff. you don't like movies thing, too. There's that. So, <laughs> there is that. Uh, for Beyond the Sins, did you have something that you wanted to direct everyone towards, Chris? Uh, I watched the documentary on Netflix called The Great Hack. Um, uh, basically, uh, the, the, the story of Cambridge Analytica, um, and how, uh, they used a whole bunch of data points to direct, uh, uh, a bunch of, uh, crazy stories your way in the 2016 presidential election. Um, and, uh, and it shows, uh, it shows, uh, the movie also shows, how many different uh, places that Cambridge Analytica has worked before they've, that they've done, they've uh, held campaigns, uh, their, their social media campaigns in before. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the way that they've, they targeted, um, you know, people who were on the fence during the election with uh, some very highly, highly targeted uh, content. Uh, and it gets, uh, one of the people who worked uh, very closely with them was one of their top people and had a crisis of conscience. She's sort of the main character or whatever you want to say. Like the focus. The main person yeah. uh, in that. And, uh, and uh, you know, again, uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't think anybody's going to be changing their minds uh, uh, with these things. That's the unfortunate thing about information these days is that it doesn't matter how well sourced and verified it is. Uh, you're just going to believe what you're going to believe. But I think that, uh, it, uh, would prove illuminating to many people to watch that. Um, because, uh, yeah, whether you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're someone who, doesn't uh, like Donald Trump or whatever like that. You're going to watch this and go, yep, see, that's, that's it. And then you're going to have other people in this world who are like, nope, that didn't change anybody's votes. Nobody's. And I think uh, what we all forget uh, as we live in our various bubbles and everything like that is that there are people out there who aren't in bubbles and that they are undecided about a lot of things and they're not like you. And uh, you have to remember that. Uh, just because, you know, maybe like actual physical votes weren't changed or anything, but people's minds were changed during that whole thing. So anyway, and, uh, so like, yeah, this is, this is not meant to, uh, you know, cause I'm pretty sure that we have people who, who like Trump, who listen to us and everything. I'm not out there to say, Hey, watch this and see, see the reason why he was elected. I'm just saying, you know, this is this is something that ha is happening out there, and it's it should terrify you, even if you're no matter what side mm -hmm. you're. Right, because the we live in a culture where um, we can be targeted through the websites that we go to based on whose um, platform we've decided to put our information. Like, so for example, on Facebook, we're choosing to give Facebook all of our information, our age whether we have children, whether we're married, where we work, where we live, the places that we go when we check into places every day, 
that's all information that we freely give Facebook. And in exchange, we can use their website. They don't charge us to do that. And so there's an opportunity for a company to use that information to their advantage. And this is an example of one way that a company can target you and target myself with advertisements and different things. And this is, I think, if nothing else, it's not necessarily like I think what I hear you say, Chris, is it's not about Trump. This is about that the technology exists. And and just like in other huge companies like, uh, well, like the Alphabet company, Google, you know, they can also use the information that we freely give to them as well to uh, to do things that are always going to be um, kind of pressing against our consciousness and asking us questions like, OK, do I have a moral issue with what's happening like this person that you mentioned in the documentary? And so it's a, at the very least an important thing for us living now in this culture to pay attention to. I think so. the thing, the main thing that I got from it was that you can't if let, let's say you go out in the world, you're you were a Hillary Clinton voter. And you meet a fellow Hillary Clinton voter, and you can't just assume that they were always pro Hillary Clinton the entire time. That you know, like you were, or like maybe, like maybe you were. You have to understand that there are people out there who did not know who they were voting for. Yeah. Uh, they they and they let a whole bunch of other things sort of uh, knock them uh, one way or the other. And, you know, there were a lot of just weird and just unverified and untrue stories that came right. out and people were swayed by those mm-hmm. things. And you got to realize that just because in your bubble, everybody was always going to vote for one person right. doesn't mean that everybody else was going to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, if there was one thing about the great hack that while they imply it, they don't get into the, the deep details. And it could be just that they she couldn't get that far into it. But I wish I know that they imply that that what they did was they found uh, these fringe voters and they targeted these ads towards them and that uh, most of them went this one way and it swayed certain districts and so on and so forth. Uh, I wish that they I wish they could have asked her, uh, you know, sort of like, is there verifiable evidence that what you did made an impact swayed people's right. votes? Yeah. Um, and instead they just kind of like imply it and I mean, implied strongly it's, I mean, it's pretty easily, uh, deduced from what you see, but, um, I would like to know some of the data that goes behind that. Could you verify for a fact that, you know, this district was going to go Hillary Clinton and then it went Donald Trump or whatever. Uh, I wish they had gone a little bit more than that. Uh, instead they do, uh, talk about like all the different, um, uh, you know that she, she's sort they're they're sort of like uh it's kind of like Snowden she's like getting flown around and she's trying to avoid uh being seen right. by anybody because yeah. there's like it's a, it's dangerous it to is. have the information that she has and uh you know and um and so like it shows her uh testifying in in this uh court in uh the UK and uh the guy who's behind Cambridge Analytica his uh, his testimony and her reaction to his testimony from from afar you know you'll see him say something and she goes oh that's just a total lie or you know that type of thing um and 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 all and you know and they don't let uh, Facebook and all these other uh, companies off the hook either uh you know the uh, uh, Zuckerberg goes up there and he's like, I, yeah, I don't, I wasn't aware of, uh, any of my people hanging out with Cambridge Analytica. And she's like, I, we were, I, 
I was at their building and blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. You know, she'll like, as soon as he says something, he's like, yeah, we were hanging out with those guys all the time. What do you, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but you know, ultimately these type of things are always ends up being a he said, Mm -hmm. she said type of thing. And it's, that's why it's so hard to say, yeah, watch this and have your mind blown and changed because that's not what's going to, what's going to happen. But I do think, I do think at the very least you should realize what's going on out there. And remind everybody again what it was uh, it's called. It's called The Great Hack. Yeah, I haven't. It's I, on Netflix. I, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it's it's high on my list of things to check out. So. Well, my uh, one for today, my Beyond the Sins, is definitely not serious. It's uh, pure entertainment in podcast audio format, and it's going to be no surprise. How dare you entertain <laughs> It's in the D&D format. Um, I have been... Since my first time mentioning that I'm a D&D fan, I've been getting uh, people messaging me specifically on Twitter with various shows to listen to. Um, so I'm I'm listening to quite a few and I'm, I'll definitely as time goes on, I'll mention more of the ones that I really enjoy. But there is a there's one pretty popular one called uh, Not Another D&D Podcast or for short NADPOD, N-A-D-D-P-O-D. <laughs> Um, these guys are, uh, I think if I remember correctly, they're from like college humor sort of website ask. And so they're, they're writers and performers and actors. And so they know how to put on a really great audio show. So a lot of the D and D podcasts that I listen to are just, you know, normal people like you and me sitting around with microphones and, you know, you're listening to them play the show. Uh, in this case, they edit it down to where you're kind of hearing the, the best moments, they do have like a Patreon where you can listen to like the behind the scenes type stuff if you want to do that. But, um, it's like this Big Brother per- After Dark. Yeah, like they kind of go, be- <laughs> yeah, they kind of go behind each episode and talk more about why the decisions that they made in playing and the, the dungeon master will talk more about like things that could have happened if they would have gone this way instead of this way, you know, things like that. But in general, I think what I want you to hear is that if you decide to listen to this, first of all, it is a um, raunchy, cussy, fun, uh, fun time. Um, abs- Sweet. It is not a people sitting around. I mean, they do play the game with the rules, but the players of the game are just full of shenanigans. Uh, it's the kind of uh, role playing tabletop role playing game where someone's going to be like, can I take this donkey and like remove its ears and stick it on my head and hear better? You know, they're just asking really funny questions. And then you've got the, the, the DM who's in charge of everything being like, I guess so. Sure. Let's say that you do that. And sometimes, you know, He'll be like, no, you can't do that. Stop. Quit it. So anyways, it's a lot of fun. It's just a totally like exuberant. Yes. And improv, uh, really fun. And the characters that they've developed just are freaking hilarious. Oh my God. Um, one of the main characters is an elf, you know, very common, but it's a, she's called a crick elf, which is like a hillbilly. So she wears like overalls and has a possum the whole time and you know just <laughs> totally unexpected uh character development beyond just the yes i'm a high elf from you know da, 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 da. you know I, I feel like oftentimes i'll hear shows and they're all very serious this is total goofiness and i freaking love it again it's called not another D podcast you can find them on twitter too um super fun that, um that kind of reminds me of um uh, I don't know. I, I only saw one episode, but uh, Dan Harmon had this thing on one of those like 
niche comedy, like, you know, nine ninety nine a month services. And it was called Harmon Quest. Yeah. Yes. Aaron's and, talked uh, about that. And he would go. <laughs> oh, they talk no, about Aaron, that? Aaron has told me about that. He said that I would love oh, it. Aaron's yeah, told yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I only saw one episode uh, mainly because it was the free one that they threw right, on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I'm not going to pay another certain amount of money for yet another service. Right. And I think I think it folded, but um, but like uh, uh, it's the it's the sort of the, like that they would go out and do a table yes. read, and then they would animate yes. it. Afterwards. Yes. Yep, it's kind of very similar in that, but in this case, it's all just exists in pod, uh, podcast world. They do live shows, uh, so they do you know get a, they do have a following and and do live shows and stuff. And um, but I just think you know it's a it's a very high quality. Uh, for some people, I would recommend that they listen to something like Critical Role, which I've mentioned before, uh, and and that is more kind of maybe even more standard character building. But if you want to hear something that you maybe haven't heard before, I would recommend uh, recommend this one. It is it's a ball. <laughs> it's not something nice. I would recommend for everyone because some people get super offended by some of the things. But oh my god, it's just the friggin' best. And it is something that I <laughs> I look forward to listening to it every single every single week it's one of those you, that when it you pops make my choices every week sounds so boring i'm just like <laughs> i'm just like ghost don't spider-man i don't like it I watched it. no you're fine you're i'm gonna have fine. like i'm gonna have like a knitting <laughs> podcast or something next week I'm yes gonna... uh um hey before we go usually this is when we close out the episode but i just popped on twitter for a split second and we did have a direct question from somebody on twitter and i would cool. just feel terrible about if we didn't answer it because i told him that i would this is from mr peterson at ob3 pro says i have a question what is it like collaborating on a job like this for podcasts and sins videos when so many of you guys are in different locations does that make the creative process harder what a freaking great question uh, I'll answer first. I don't think so. I am a little bit of a social person and I do have a desire to get in the same space with people because then I feel like you can see, you know, expressions and maybe understand, um, understand more things, but that's more like on a, uh, uh, the, the side, the, the business side of stuff, you know, like if we're going to have a staff meeting or something, I think getting together in person or on Skype is is much more preferred to emails because you can, you can suss out a lot more than just written text. But as far as like, from my experience being the new, new, new person on the, on the team, um, it's not bad because you can't socially watch, you can't send a video with the team because everyone would be pausing it at different parts to think things through. We all have our own creative process. So that would be impossible. And then like putting the script together is something that you don't have to be in the same space to do either. So this job in a way kind of lends itself on the podcasting side of things. I would say it's a little easier for, I think Aaron and I, because we are in the same room together and I do wish we could kind of all be in the same space. Yeah. For well, and same like goes that. for the Zencast because they're, they're in the, they're in the same studio together. When yeah. They or if I'm, if I'm on there, I'm there with them. 
Right. Yeah, it's extremely hard to like it, like this. I think we're all in three different. Yeah, places, yeah. Right? For this particular shot. So yeah. like, there's been some times. There's been some times uh, uh, during this podcast where I'm like, uh, should I say something or uh, do I need to get this in before you know? Like, it, it's it's hard to know if someone is about to say something or is about to be finished mm-hmm. with what they're saying or you know stuff like that. So uh, only from sort of an etiquette standpoint, it's kind of hard on a podcast like this to do that. But yeah, the Sincast is all in the same room. We used to do that in three different spots because we didn't have a studio. Yeah. We didn't have a studio back then. And, uh, and so like, um, so like, yeah, we would, um, uh, we would have to do that whole, like, well, should I say something now or should I not? Uh, Danae is completely right also about, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, certain things, um, uh, how to how to express certain things through writing and stuff. I think this is the reason why, you know, Twitter is evil and everything is like times when you say when you write things, people don't know exactly what your mood is or how you're saying mm-hmm. it or what your total meaning is. So so text itself can be uh, hard to 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 parse a lot of times as far as emotional, uh, you know, sort of, you know, what you mean, what you totally mean. It's hard to see when you don't see somebody's expression, um, and things like that. Uh, I will say that, uh, there's been a couple of times where we have gotten, I've, I got, we, it's me, Jeremy and Mike all got together to do the, uh, Tim Burton planet of the apes. The videos become completely different when you're when you're actually all in the same room trying to write uh, because you you will say something out loud and then it gets written down sort of shorthand. And I think we wrote like a million sins for that Tim Burton <laughs> Planet of the Apes, but it ended up being a pretty short video because we're trying to get like fast things in like we would like it was Mystery Science Theater mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. I think it'd be fun to do something like all together. Um, and we do. We do Sins Week uh, that I didn't get to go to last year, but I think we'll be going in 2020. So we do have a chance to kind of get together even with you guys. And then um, Aaron and I uh, plan to travel not very far away. Uh, Missouri is not too far from Nashville. So we'll just kind of zip down and spend some time. So we do we do get together in person then. So there, yeah, there's pros and cons to, I think probably every single business model, but at the end of it, you just want to make sure your team is dedicated to the deadlines. And that since we're all kind of working on our own, that we just kind of trust each other that we, you know, are staying on yeah. target. Well, like 20 years ago, this might've been difficult, but right. today's age, there's just so many ways to get a hold of people with technology and everything. It's, it's really not bad. Not too bad. Great question, and thanks for that. Hey, as we kind of transition here to the end of the show, just thank you guys so much for listening to Behind the Sins. Uh, Don't forget to make sure that you are subscribed and you can leave a comment and rate on whatever platform you listen to. You can also find us uh, on social media. I don't know if, Chris, are you on social media anywhere or are you like totally off the grid? Um, With uh, Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook, I, I go in and comment on that. Uh, on our Discord, I go over and pr- and uh, uh, comment yeah. on that. But yeah, I'm not on So Twitter. probably Discord might be the best place to connect. Um, how do people find our Discord? Is it, link- is it linked on Twitter or something? Just out of curiosity? Uh, no. Okay. Um, one thing that I've d- told people through the Sincast is just to go to the private messages on Facebook and, and ask for a link. And I've just been sending them links okay. that way. 
uh, because they only last a oh, day. So right. I can't just like, I mean, I guess, I guess I could, I guess I could change the settings where it lasts longer, but I'd rather just not put a post up there right. that's going to have, uh, be out of smart. date at some point. Super smart. And, and so, uh, so like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's just the way it has okay. to be is like, if you can somehow get through, um, uh, Facebook and, and uh, private message, I can send you the discord. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. So you can connect with us, um, on Twitter and, and like somebody will get you if you want to join uh, that to connect with us on Twitter. You can find Aaron Dicer at Aaron Dicer, myself at Danae says and Jonathan at Sam Loomis 13. What is Sam Loomis? <laughs> that is a uh, Sam Loomis is a character in both Psycho, the original Psycho and the original Halloween, uh, most notably known for Halloween. It's Donald Pleasance's character in the Halloween movies. Oh. Um, and Malcolm McDowell played him in the Rob Zombie ones. When I was in college, I had to come up with an email, and um, that was like my first email because I'm old. And, uh-huh. You know, and uh, so Sam Loomis <laughs> my, 13. 13 is my favorite number. So those my, two things were just something I did, and uh, it just kind of stuck. Like That's I kept, awesome. Yeah. Like that used to be my online poker name, and it's just kind of followed me, and uh, a lot of people know me by that, so I've just kept it up. If I would have kept mine from when I was a kid, it'd be Turtle Girl thir- uh, th- Turtle Girl Twenty Two. Nice. So nice. I th- I think that's oh, a good thank one. You. Though. you should keep yeah. that. Turtle Turtle with a Y. I was super clever. Anyway, yeah. You so were. for Jonathan Watkins, Chris Atkinson, and myself, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to Behind the Sins Pod at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Test. 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 Calling Jonathan Watkins. Do you have any opinions on radio today? <laughs> Do I have any opinions on radio? I'm just joking. Or opinions on radio today, like as in philosophically. Uh, yeah, that's you know pretend. To you've be done him. it before. You've you've stolen his I'm, identity. I'm a couple gonna do of terrible times. at it. I know that. I uh, have. Uh, that's just a, that's just plain fact. Well, mm-hmm. I I thought that I was being sneakier, but apparently you shouldn't right. just. I mean, tweet about it. Luckily, you guys are buddies. Take so. pictures. You know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone <laughs> yes. quite the way it did if it if that was the if you were just a complete stranger. But you know, everything worked out in the end. I think the court sorted it out and everything I was good. Yeah, yeah. I learned a valuable lesson. You don't go oh, for yeah. the big ticket items. You just start small. You know, he'd be wondering, right. what did I actually buy? You've got to mix in like palette? candy and stuff like that, that, so that you throw but it off the scent. Like, Right. Instead, I got one of those 360 degree fast moving lawnmower oh, yeah. things. That was stupid, but I'm t- I'm tired I mean, of push mowing, and I thought, you know, here's my that opportunity. When that shows up so. on their bank <laughs> mm, it's only yeah, a few thousand yeah. dollars. He's super rich, anyway. <laughs> By the way, I I, uh, I I don't know if I'm able to to swear yeah, you on this can. one. I know oh, that yeah. it, I know that it's it. Because it's it's mainly it's like a sift pop <laughs> slash cinema sins combination type of thing. No, this and is entirely cinema sins universe. Yeah, yeah. And, and and but 
And and so like uh you know, it's one of those things where it's like usually on Sift Pop I I will not say these words, but now I like you know, I guess I guess in my mind I was like, Yeah, this is cinema sins. We'll go for the fuck. Let's do it. Do it. Uh, and just like that, the show is over. Both Chris and Jonathan are gone, and I'm in the studio all by myself. And I'm reflecting, and I'm thinking, how did I do as the host of Behind the Sins show? And I'm realizing I did pretty damn good, you know? I'm pretty proud of myself. I, I, I tried to stay focused. I tried to move the conversation along. I tried to have compelling and interesting uh, comments and questions for our super important guest, my boss, Chris. So, hey, if it didn't go well, I'll know next week when i'm fired uh which as you guys know it's been a concern of mine since day one not because i don't believe in myself but because i don't believe in myself do you know what i mean it's kind of a complicated thing i definitely definitely don't feel like i regret anything that i said to chris except for that time when i forgot that i'd ever spoken to him before that was a little embarrassing uh but you know it's gonna be fine i'm gonna stop recording now um we'll see you guys later because i'm assuming jonathan if he decides to put this into the podcast it's because it's super interesting uh i feel like i should say something really funny and interesting before i go but instead i'm just gonna make a really awkward noise and then then we're like yeah like that i like that one better god i'm weird Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.